are very excited to have our second guest of the season. And um, we are here with our friend Katie. We have just come around to Antonio's flat early this morning for a stunning breakfast of some pancakes, some super fluffy. Did you get a picture of them? I did. Okay, I think we need to put up a picture of the fluffy pancakes and you can show your recipe because honestly, they were Insane. so good. Thank you, guys. It's BBC I, good food. I actually personally prefer like a pancake pancake to a crepe. So do I. I actually don't like crepes that much. They're, they're a bit more like meaty, more filling. I yeah, prefer. more filling, delicious. Um, so yes, we had a lovely breakfast, a lovely wee catch up, and we are very excited to have Katie on today. Yep. So as Charlotte said, we have Katie. Do you want to say hi? Yeah. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> we're all quite nervous. I think like it's just a different different topic that we're discussing today um but basically we are having this podcast to discuss a really important topic and kind of just like all aspects related to that topic kind of like a holistic approach i think um but katie was diagnosed with hodgkin's lymphoma in 2019 when we were all at uni living together in aberdeen um, and there's just quite a few aspects that we want to touch on related to that. But I think the most important overarching one that we want to get across is the importance to check yourself. Um, so thinking about that, let's go back to the start of the whole process and the journey that you had to finding out because that kind of like involved us all at the same time. Yeah, so in October 2018, I had um, some lumps on my neck and I went to the doctors and they weren't really that bothered about it and they didn't really seem to care um, and I think I just went back continuously and I think that just shows the importance of checking yourself and knowing that your body's not right and that you want to get something checked out. Yeah and I think like because I remember there was a few doctor's appointments that you like kept making and looking back I'm really annoyed at myself for kind of making jokes about this but because you kept going to the doctors and they kept saying like oh it's fine like obviously you would just never assume at this age that it was it would ever be anything like cancer or anything serious so like we would just be a bit like oh like Katie's off to the doctors again like yeah I like to be my second home yeah there like yes in retrospect it's so bad like oh Katie's being hypochondriac again like she's fine they've said she's fine can't believe she's off to the doctors again and now I'm like oh my god I can't believe they ever did that that's such bad behaviour like, I just think that shows the importance of continuously going back if you're not happy with something well you know your body like yeah. best you yeah are your yeah number one checker yeah mm-hmm. and like listening if you feel like something's wrong and even if people are slagging you for going to the doctors again like it's just it is so important and even I think it must have been doubly hard for you to have like kind of like keep pushing it when you have medical professionals like obviously they do an amazing job but there's nothing against them but it is hard if you've got like medical professionals saying like things are fine yeah and just trying to they were not 100% sure everything's fine, running after me in the street, telling me that it could be X, Y, and Z. <laughs> but they weren't that bothered, but it was just continuously going back to persist because I knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. So that was obviously October. And then I'm trying to get the, the... I feel like it's all like merged into one. And so I think when they decided that there was a bit of an issue with my blood, white or red, I can't remember, <laughs> um, they then were like, we'll do checks for like a six eight week period and that took us then maybe like just to over Christmas mm-hmm. and that's when they realized that something was wrong um and I remember really clearly Charlotte and I had been to a ceramic center in Aberdeen we painted our little bowls and we were oh my god yeah having a good day and I was at home 
sat in my room and the doctor phoned me and said, we need you to come into the surgery tomorrow because we think you could have cancer. And I just think it shows that I persisted and at the age of mm-hmm. 18, it's not really... No. Yeah, I think one thing... How old was I? The thing as well is, you, like, you don't like getting your like blood taken, for mm-hmm. example. Like, Katie used to be particularly squeamish, used to faint and stuff. So the fact that you kept going to be like, yeah. I need my blood taken because I know something's wrong. Mm-hmm. I would really always have shows. one of these two holding my hands when we'd go for our appointments. Who would you prefer? <laughs> um, well, you know, you were both great, um, especially when I had to go for my ultrasound appointment and... Charlotte was unavailable <laughs> so Antonia very kindly stepped in and I had my appointment and afterwards Antonia said oh do you want to sit down because you might feel a bit faint and you might just need a second to get your breath back and I was like no I'm fine let's just get home and Antonia announced that she in fact needed a second because she felt faint. <laughs> the two of them honestly are useless Katie's like amazing now obviously Antonia's still shocking with anything to do with blood it was so Funny, I was like, oh, look at me, I'm the favourite. No, no, Antonia just can't stand in the doctor's surgery without you just fall over. <laughs> yeah, disclaimer, I'm really squeamish and I really don't like hospitals. And so Charlotte would definitely, like, you definitely did go to most of the But you were both there, like, yeah, we were, over me. You couldn't, you couldn't come to some, you would be there and asking questions and helping out. <laughs> I did like to make sure all the questions were being asked at the appointment. <laughs> Which my parents were very happy with because yeah, I wouldn't ask any you're questions. Very good. Antonia would go and ask questions and I would go and be like, so do we get the stickers? Like, yeah. <laughs> with like a six-year-old that was so cute because obviously Katie was really scared of blood so they'd be like well if you do well we'll give you I remember distinctly we had like these wee stickers with bees on them and yep. it was like be like you behaved at the doctor's today <laughs> it was Honestly. so cute absolute collection of them it but, was so um, weird like they would come back from the hospital and both be like grinning like with their stickers and I'm like I'm really confused what's going what's on what's happening here because this is quite an emotional time but clearly the stickers are like d- doing something they were doing something <laughs> they definitely were but yeah no that was that was a, an embarrassing time uh, for me after seeing you go through that appointment so bravely and I was like, I can't see, I need to leave. But it was probably in a way bad for you though because you watched my face, obviously, yeah, it, me in pain. And... It was, yeah, horrible. So you just needed to take a few minutes. <laughs> just it was a dramatic experience for myself. I don't know how it was for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so that was, I think, a lot of the journey was like us together trying to work out what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that's was such an important thing. Like I found out, and we've always said this, that they suggested that it could be cancer um, in our flat at six o'clock in the evening. Imagine I'd been in the situation that I didn't have like close friends. You were both great, like coming to appointments and holding my hands when I was getting my bloods and stuff, which is obviously great. I guess that's like a different part of also because one of the things that we want to highlight as well is being diagnosed with cancer and getting treatment as a young person because. Like going through that experience at twenty is obviously much more rare than someone who's older, and then at that stage you've got like a, a partner and like kids, and it's a, it's very different to like you're living in a uni flat with mm-hmm. with friends. So, like yeah, emphasise the importance of having like a good support yeah. network around you. Yeah, because that was obviously everything changed. I'd gone from waking up after a few hours sleep on a night out to then couldn't get out of bed because I was unwell and moving home which at that age you don't really expect but luck I was lucky that I had my family Thomas and really good friends so I was lucky I think like another part of getting like it must have been so hard to wrap your head around that concept because I know when 
you're going to the hospital and like they weren't really sure what was going on and all the checks and stuff we were trying to kind of continue on as normal as much as we could which is is would have been good in the sense that it was kind of like trying to take your mind off something but obviously something like that your mind can like never be taken off like I remember like we would go to the library and like try and act like well I think a prime example of that is finding out on the Tuesday night and on the Wednesday night, continuing to go for a night out. I think it was oh. still the Tuesday night. <laughs> no, it was, yeah. Oh, when wait. shopping the next day, <laughs> spent all my money on clothes that I didn't need, and then I remember went we on went holiday out. shopping. Mm-hmm. We bought loads of bikinis. Yeah, didn't need them. Let me tell you that. <laughs> it, it's it's such a natural reaction though when you think back to be like, this like this, this isn't, isn't happening. happening. I this remember right. earlier either in the December or in the January we went. Shot and I went to cult coffee. And that's when they were starting to say, like, your blood tests aren't right and stuff. And I'd Googled it. And obviously, we all know we shouldn't Google too much. But I did Google it. And it said something about cancer. And I remember coming back to the flat and telling Antonia that. And you being like, oh, of course it won't be that. Because mm-hmm. like we've said, at the age of 20, mm-hmm. that's not what you expect. No. You expect it to be an issue with your thyroid or some, an overactive yeah. glands or something. And anything not, really anything other. Anything but that. And I remember like my sister's a doctor and I was speaking to her about it and then at the beginning she was like kind of like same as us like on the on the front of it like probably just something else and then as it got closer to the time she I remember her saying I would just like prepare yourself for something that's maybe worse and yeah um but even like I found it hard in like must have been the same for you but like for us to actually process that that was happening to you because from like us being like so happy-go-lucky and literally like having the best time at uni and like everything being so like pretty much perfect mm. like it was just it was just so hard to like process like I remember I think it must have been maybe like the weekend after that I was like going to work or whatever and I was obviously just it just so upset and I just wasn't really like speaking to anybody at work and like at work we just kind of like all like stood around and chatted all day like that was really just my job and <laughs> um, and then like somebody asked and like I kind of like said like what had happened and then they were like oh my god and but like it found it really hard for me to say what happened because to say it would make it real more real mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I it's just it was just like maybe bizarre is the wrong word but like even when you left I remember being like we just have this random empty room in our flat that nobody mm-hmm. and you'd seen in. me living in there and we'd yeah. seen you living there and it was almost like because all your stuff was still there it was almost like you kind of were almost like it felt like you were coming back mm-hmm. and then I suppose it was for us just realizing like you weren't going to come back at least not for quite a long mm-hmm. time anyway that's when I was like oh my god this is actually happening and like we would like us three would just like do everything, everything together together and then me and Shark were just like alright then we had to put up more with each other <laughs> like wow what what is going on so now we kind of wanted to speak a little bit about the process of you kind of moving home and what it was like to be at home and obviously see us still at uni and everything like that. So if you could talk to us a little bit about that. About that please. <laughs> um, well, obviously it's quite unusual. I'd obviously been out of home for two and a bit years. So it's quite weird to go back to your family home, to the village that you grew up in. But I think I didn't really have time to think at the start because it was such a mad period with appointments left, right and centre. Um obviously just trying to get like come up with a bit of a plan I was just so grateful that I had my family good friends and I'm like I suppose we'd all in the same situation be lucky to have like caring families that we could go home to yeah I just always like remember thinking like how bad I felt that we were at uni and doing this like 
without you it just never felt the same and like for you to be at home and I always remember thinking like that I was just so in all the fact that whenever me and Charlotte would come and visit you you would always be like oh like what have you been up to like what are your plans for the summer what have you got coming up and I never felt like forced or like that you had to ask those questions and like you didn't really want to know no it always felt like you genuinely like wanted to know yeah like I never felt awkward speaking about it because I feel like if tables were turned I like I don't know maybe this is what I'm going to say like I think you dealt with it so well that if I was in your shoes I would struggle to be like oh what have you guys been yeah, doing yeah so know, would like, I I'm almost like as much as I want to know what's going on in your life I wouldn't want to hear because I'd be like I'm missing out on that mm-hmm. whereas you just have like such a good mindset and it, that made us a lot more comfortable and I think that probably was hard and was hard to deal with like why do I have to be in this mm-hmm. situation? Why am I moving home? But I had good friends. You were in third year at uni, you were busy, but you still both came down loads, found the time, FaceTimed me, spoke to me loads, and were both really there for me. Um, and I mean, at the end of the day, I had to do it. I didn't really have... I couldn't be like, oh, well, yeah. I think I'll just go and carry on with you. <laughs> <laughs> Where should we go up tonight? Like, I didn't really have... Yeah, I think like that that's something that I could see from the way that you're that you dealt with it as well. Like you were just like, This is the situation, like point blank. There wasn't from like my perspective, I'm sure that you'd went through a lot of this in your head, but there wasn't like trying to avoid the situation or like not like acknowledging it, if you know what I mean. I'm not sure if I'm making sense. I was gonna like, say embrace it, but that sounds like really the wrong thing to say. But I think because we obviously when we went back to uni at the start of January we weren't expecting anything like that we knew something wasn't right but we didn't think it was anything like that mm-hmm. um and I suppose I was kind of just thrown into it didn't really have an option and yeah I guess then you were just like you were very much like this is the situation and this is how it is going to be and I'm going to deal with it in x y and z so thinking about obviously being young and being at home like were there any specific things that you did to like get yourself through that process any like specific ways of coping um well, I suppose I was lucky mum wasn't working and um, so we spent a lot of time together my dad brother sister everyone was amazing like we were just we spent so much time together trying to make the days that I did feel like good really enjoyable um we were quite a close family before but I just think it's like I don't think I've had an argument with my sister since we're that, just yeah we are and we just all got on so well now it's just lovely like it's almost like you have really realized like the value of family yeah and family life because i remember like same as me like with my sisters which like definitely still happens but like you and rich would have like you'd be like oh like rachel like blah 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 blah, yeah just silly like wars like just like what sisters like typically do um and then I remember, like, during that process, just, like, your brother and your sister just going home, like, a lot. And, like, being as a family unit a lot. And you just talking about how much closer, like, you guys all were. And I was like, that's such an amazing, like, thing. Yeah, I think, obviously, you've both got siblings growing up. You know what it's like. You have silly arguments. Mm-hmm. And as you get older, you grow up. So we'd, we'd grown up. We obviously lived in different cities. Rachel and Matthew were both older than me. But they just were both incredible throughout it and since have been... We're just so close now which is lovely you guys are so close it's so nice and um like in terms of i guess getting yourself through i know you used kind of a lot of like mini de- not mini deadlines but mini, yeah because you'd have would it be like one good week one bad week or two good weeks two bad weeks so i had six months of treatment 12 sessions yeah and um, so i'd tend to be bad for the first week and then have a good week and then treatment again mm-hmm. so that was also probably quite tricky because i'd have to plan my things yeah. on my good week 
um, and then on my bad week I would obviously not be feeling great but as we got into the summer we'd go away a lot and yeah it was crazy like because obviously we didn't see you on your bad weeks we'd usually come down from Aberdeen on your good weeks but mm-hmm. I remember one time me and Antonia had like driven down we were so tired we got to yours and <laughs> we were like shall we go for a walk and me and her were like oh god she wants to go for a walk hell no I'm so tired it was like 11 o'clock at night it was night. so late but we were like I'm so impressed that she's so like Oh, like not awake but like so like agile like wanted to go and like wanted to get out so we were like yeah okay we'll go on a walk like oh my god I really don't because it's a walk but it was like amazing like you literally were like so positive and so like good when we saw you it was like it must have been hard obviously not having seen the bad weeks but like in the good weeks it's just so impressed yeah I I think that's how, like you know that way when sometimes you've maybe spent like quite a lot of time like moaning about something that's maybe in the scheme of things like not not important like moaning about like a small part of like uni that Campbell are doing or like moaning about my job or like whatever and like you can kind of get yourself like into a bit of rut about stuff that's like just not important trivial 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 stuff yeah and then we'd come and see you and you would just have such like a positive vibe about you a barrel of goodness yeah and I'm just like okay like let's she can just, get through this yeah she can get through <laughs> and you need to submit an essay in like two weeks yeah. but I think that's also the important thing it's all oh what's the word mindset no I can't think of the word but I was going through something that doesn't then mean for example I'm now better I still have bad days and you're allowed mm-hmm. to have bad days and be thinking shit it's a Monday morning I don't want to go to work you can't then be like oh well someone's going through something worse no it's all mm-hmm. everyone's allowed to have bad oh, days and, yeah real yeah yeah, which actually is a really good point to highlight because, as you say, there will always be someone who has something worse going on than you, but also it does provide perspective. And sometimes I think you can get yourself out of maybe like a bit of a trivial rut. So obviously you've spoken a bit about your family and ourselves, and we just wanted to speak about a little bit about Thomas, or as we call him, Nom Nom. <laughs> Nomis Nom 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 noms and um for those of you who don't know that's kid's boyfriend and actually thinking back you how long have you been together six months it a wasn't year. long like so not... we started going out first year summer so oh my god did, did you? you oh it was longer than I I going in second year summer first year are you sure like going into second year yeah oh wow oh i was so wrong so it's five years this so it was like six months Oh my god, no. that's such bad math. It Are wasn't you... 2017. <laughs> Charlotte, do you know when I was ill? <laughs> I really started... don't because I got the years on wrong. Before we started, I was like, okay, oh, do you got ill in 2017? And I was like, Charlotte, no, she didn't. We were in first year. And I was like, yes, she did. No, no, I'm so wrong. We were so Thomas and I had been going out for about a year and six months. And obviously, that's quite a long time at that age, but it's not. In the scheme of In the scheme of things, it's not a long time for. I mean, shall we just say a lot of people would be like, see you later. I, I mean, it's like, it's not uh, an easy thing to deal with. I can like can imagine yeah. it would be. I, again, like at a young age, like as someone's partner, yeah. that's not something you expect mm-hmm. to happen. Because I think, like, I can't, I can't imagine what it would be like to to deal with that as a, as a partner. But I just remember being just so, like, happy and just amazed at the way he was dealing with it, but so happy that you had such a... Supportive, supportive loving boyfriend we were like god they are getting married like mm-hmm. after like week one so he was in madrid at the time mm-hmm. so he was in madrid so he was at that time studying um languages at uni and he was in madrid for the first semester and then off to somewhere else for germany the semester. Was um he was he was going to germany somewhere yeah but where 
remember. Berlin? No. Somewhere. Somewhere, somewhere nice. Somewhere in Europe. <laughs> somewhere really nice that I was really excited to visit. And I can't remember where. Um, and I think he just felt that what I was going through was a lot for someone my age. And he didn't want to be in a different country on his year abroad, having fun. And he wouldn't be able to enjoy it. He would just want to be back seeing how I am and making sure I was okay. So, I mean, he then decided to put his uni on hold and he got a job at home so he could be there to support me which looking back obviously was insane and amazing but I remember he told me in my house that he was doing this he'd spoke to his he'd spoke to uni he'd spoke to his family it was all sorted and I just was like no you're not because there was just this huge level of guilt that something that I was going through was affecting his life but I guess like for you you wouldn't you wouldn't not not be responsible because you wouldn't be responsible but to have somebody change something for you like you would never want to feel like you were in like their way of doing what they were wanting to do but like that was just so amazing that he was willing to just because he loves you so much just change everything <laughs> and I, I was just I re- like, remember feeling like I couldn't like I couldn't take that in either couldn't I was like that's just it. the most amazing like heartfelt just Wasn't wonderful it? gesture that like selfless so almost. selfless yeah. yeah like it just showed to me like the, his the character dedication and yeah. his character yeah 100% he was just like, he would come around on days that I didn't feel great and I'd say, okay, we're watching Jane the Virgin. And we'd sit on the sofa and watch Jane the Virgin. And I think he... You loved Jane the Virgin. I loved Jane the Virgin. I've watched it three times. Yeah. I'm obsessed. Three times. Anyone who hasn't watched Jane the Virgin, you need to watch it. Um, so I would make him watch Jane the Virgin with me, which he wasn't enjoying, but you know, he did it. Um, but it's actually quite funny because obviously... I was the one going through what I was going through and obviously he was there and it, and I probably at the time didn't realise how much it affected him since talking to him about it more recently we've realised it was actually a really hard time for him as well mm. but in the last three years since being unwell we'd speak to like I remember summer after Covid before Covid I can't remember one of mum's oh no it was summer I was ill one of mum's friends from England came up it was while I was going through treatment and she was just, oh, it's a shame what Kate's going through, but just, wow, how amazing is Thomas? And whenever I tell people that Thomas dropped out of uni, it's like, wow, that's amazing. How amazing him. But, Hello. I was, I was also going through quite a lot. Like, yeah, it's amazing, but... People, like, doting over him, like, oh, my God, he's a wonderful man. And you're like, me too. Like, Come all, on now. All mum's, like, friends are just like, wow, he's just amazing, isn't he? <laughs> that is so funny. Oh, but yeah, I think like if you not that not that it was ever like a positive situation, but I do think that to take like things away from like your experience and going through it, like that will have changed your relationship in like a way that would have never happened otherwise. It's, it's yeah, and I suppose it gave me opportunities being back in Dollar, two of Thomas's closest friends from Kinross. Um, I'm now extremely close with their girlfriends. They're like two of my closest friends, really nice girls, and I probably wouldn't have able to meet them and spend mm-hmm. as much time with them mm-hmm. if I'd been in that being so obviously I didn't get to spend as much time with you guys even though you still came downloads and stuff just mm-hmm. didn't see you as much but then got to meet other people so, and spend time small, with. So, really nice. yeah. so we also wanted to discuss with you kind of dealing with the after effects of having cancer like because obviously we've discussed before when treatment's over it's kind of not over if that makes any sense like just because the cancer's gone it doesn't mean that everything is fine yeah, I think that's quite an important thing. Um, a lot of people probably think, oh, she finished treatment, she's back to normal. And 
it probably well it wasn't normal um so i finished treatment in august and two weeks later started at a new uni which is already quite a big thing to be dealing with 100 percent. i remember telling my mum katie's gone back to uni and she was like excuse me and i was mm. like yeah she finished treatment like two weeks ago she's back it at was uni. so quick i was like she's literally superhuman i don't know how you did that but like wow yeah well, i think i just had the time at home to be dealing like I spent time at home dealing with everything and then was like, well, I'm finished now, let's get back on. And I was probably a lot more motivated. I mean, at Aberdeen, I did no studying. <laughs> I didn't care about uni at all. Um, and I heard what I was like, really wanted to try hard. And I forgot like about that like transformation study-wise because I remember you saying before you'd even finished treatment that you were like looking at the books and mm-hmm. looking at the courses. and like, like, I bought notes. some new pens. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, like, I became... I forgot about that. It's yeah. so you funny. became a little, little work hard. Nerd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that was? Probably just because I had so much time, that like that six eight months that I was just sat around and nothing. That wasn't really adding to my life. It was just yeah. something I had to get through. Um, so I just felt quite motivated that right, I want to do well and I want to work hard. And like that's that stuck because you were like that until the end. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. And I guess like another part of that was that we always kind of thought, not right until the end, I guess, but that you would come back yeah. to Aberdeen. Uh-huh. Which I think it would have been quite unusual being away for that amount of time and then going back, living together, seeing faces. I think that would have been quite tricky. And you also, you would have had to have been near Blois by that point as well, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Which actually all would have probably worked out fine with COVID because I would have then just had my fourth year at home in that's true. So it would have all been fine anyway, but just as things worked out, it's also probably helped long term because I heard what I did, a bit of a different degree, which has mm-hmm. now got me into the job I'm in. So mm-hmm. it's probably in the long mm. run another positive. <laughs> <laughs> if we can find any positives. <laughs> this is what we like about like your journey is the fact that you are so like positive. Yeah. yeah. Like you managed to pick out things and be like, that's something that I can take as a positive whilst obviously the whole overarching thing was awful incredibly negative yeah do you think that you know how you're saying that there was a bit of an expectation that people are like oh treatment's done like you're fine that there was a bit of an expectation that you just had to be like normal like quote-unquote normal if you know what if you know what I mean yeah I probably found that part of it all quite tricky I found the first part of being like trying to find out what was wrong and being diagnosed tricky because obviously that was just all over the place. No one had any di- idea what was happening or what would happen. And then the six months of having treatment were unusually kind of like normal because it was just in such a routine. Like yeah. we just do the same thing every day. And then I'd finished treatment and I almost felt a bit like a little bit lost. I mean, I had uni and life seemed like it should be back to normal, but it just didn't feel back to normal. Mm-hmm. I guess because it was also com- like you hadn't gone back to your life before this yeah. had all happened like it was a whole different like change again it was a whole new set of circumstances I think it was an important time I think it allowed me to like grow up and I'd say change quite a lot like I've really seen the importance of like family close friends who you're around spending time with and yeah do you feel like you've changed like as a person yeah I'd say I've changed yeah I, I would yeah I would say I'd seen, I've definitely seen like I've just a change in your whole like, outlook on life yeah as well yeah. And I suppose just one of the important things that I learned, even though I didn't feel back to normal, I, it made me realise that you can have bad days and take it back to like the day I came down on the train um, that I wasn't well. 
I was in floods of tears. It was all just like such a shock and people around me were probably like, what's happened to this girl? And you just maybe need to realise in life, sometimes you'll walk past someone on the street and they'll be having a bad day. They might not hold that door open for you. They might overtake you on the motorway or something and you'll be in a mood with them or get angry. You just need to take a bit of a step back and realise that people are going through a lot in life and you don't always need to just... Be kind to everyone that you come across yeah, because like, everyone's fighting their own battles, I yeah. guess. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think something like that really does make you realise that that is the case. Because I'm so such a person that would be like, oh, that person was so rude, rude to yeah, me. Yeah, like someone's walking slowly and like, oh my god, move out of my way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But they're maybe in their own little world because they're worrying about something that's happening at home or like it's just about being patient with other people. And mm-hmm. More aware. And I think um, carrying on from like having bad days and good days, um, I'd wake up some days and I'd be having a bit of a bad morning like throughout treatment and I'd have a nice bouquet of flowers from a friend that had been delivered or... For example, the day I started treatment, you guys sent me a wee jigsaw or you did send it at one point with a picture of us on. Um, and it was just nice to receive stuff like that that would always pick me up. Like a wee pick up. Yeah. Although I do remember, it's it's not funny, but yeah. It's hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> it was like, I, like, I enjoy it more because it's your grandma's boyfriend, isn't it? Yeah. It's not, we don't I even say that they're actually not together anymore, so <laughs> we can... <laughs> I suppose they, no, they were partners. Like, but we we like to say boyfriend, which I find really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he sent you a really wonderful card. Yeah, when it was lovely. Out, didn't he? Uh-huh. And what did that card say? So the card was um, just like you know, really sorry to hear what's happened. Um, thinking of you, and he did in fact welcome me to the C Club. <laughs> I was a member of the sequel. A really exclusive club. It was just so, like, it was so fresh as well that it was just, like, outrageous, but also, like, ridiculously. And then he had the audacity to text my mum to say you didn't thank me for the card. <laughs> and mum was like, oh because I don't like the card. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. but you don't thank people yeah. for the card. Yeah, thank you like, so much. He was like, I didn't know if you'd got the card. And mum was like, yeah, because I didn't tell you anything. <laughs> Oh my god. That is oh one of my favourite stories so ever. Hilarious. Oh. You're part of the C Club now, girl. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think like little gestures like that always go a long way. Definitely. And I also feel like when we're talking about like situations like just as like as, as a conversation as friends or whatever, you always m- seem to find a positive way to turn things if you know what I mean like if if I'm like say I'm like complaining about something. You do definitely do this if I'm like complaining about something. You'll be like, "Oh, but like think about this." Or like, oh, but like, think about this or like, at least this. And there's always like something positive that you manage to say about that. And like, would you say that that's something yeah. that's... Yeah, well, I would I'd probably think I'm more positive than I was before. I think it probably just, it was a tricky time. I, I suppose it's also like drinking a lot now. I don't particularly like drinking a lot, being home over the next day, sitting in bed feeling shit. Mm. I had enough time of that that was, wasn't self-inflicted, shall we say. I didn't want yeah. to be feeling... So again, yeah. if... You have to have bad days in life. Everyone feels shit about work on a Monday morning or doesn't want to, whatever. But you've just got to try and think. Just got to kind of get on with it. And what you're saying about drinking, for example, like, do you feel like you've changed what you put your like time and effort into? Not that you used to think <laughs> time and effort into drinking. Absolutely. Alcoholic but in the like, corner. But like, do you know what I? Do you know what I mean? Um, well, yeah. I mean, I don't. For example, I still do drink. I mean, prime example, through treatment, I didn't drink at all. I didn't drink from our night out in Aberdeen (laughs) to after finishing treatment. And during that time, I said, oh, I don't think I'm going to go back to drinking. I just feel like 
Well, a prime example, Thomas always used to say, drinking's good, but you're just taking away from tomorrow's happiness. And I oh think my that's, gosh, that's so profound. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. And I think, for me, that's a big thing. Obviously, it's great to go out with your friends, have some drinks, family, whatever. But I think, for me, there's a fine line between, like, I'm going to not feel good tomorrow if I carry on. And I mean, I know you're both like that. If we if we drink too much, yeah, you don't we, feel... Mm-hmm. Bad anxiety. Yes. But yeah, we're all so yeah. bad for anxiety. I feel like we kind of nailed that on our last, like, weekend away, do you not think? Yeah, La- and, and that was prime example, our last weekend away. We did. Yeah. The first one, the first, so we went, basically, for context, we went to two weekends away in the borders, and the first weekend, I would say we definitely fucked it. Yeah. Because... We well, like we just we just stayed up too late both nights. Yeah. Like we just felt awful, but there was no hung. I don't think we were like super drunk. We weren't like hung- anxiety. But I just think the second time we had a great time. We made we yeah. had lots of drinks, had great food. But then the next made day, good off- memories. <laughs> yeah. But the next day off, we went and went on yeah. a fantastic walk that I felt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was so pleased with that actually. But yeah, no, I completely. I'm not, I know what you mean about shifting, like where you want to spend your time and energy and how you want to to spend your your time because yeah, after having spent time in a way you don't want to realizing that you're not going to waste time on doing things that you don't enjoy yeah and for me yeah. i have just got a puppy um oh you said it <laughs> we freddy um got him back in march and that's like thomas and i love going out for walks just going to the beach i find it clears your head you just get some time outside and freddy obviously likes to have a wee one on the beach so he's a great addition and I probably wouldn't have looked to have done that as early in my life but I just know how much I enjoy having him around mm-hmm. and yeah obviously Listening. the puppy stage was hard but now he's great and no a wee gem yeah and kind of in like obviously this was a, a couple of few years ago I can't even do the math. We're right all now. being really terrible with dates. <laughs> I think you know what COVID hasn't helped with that. No, no. it hasn't. You I just are like, what? What year? Are, what? How old am I? <laughs> I think I'm twenty one. So do I. I oh, think yeah. I'm twenty one. I'm almost twenty four. I'm not twenty one. I I I don't believe it. We're twenty three. I think I think we're twenty two. And I'm twenty one. <laughs> Eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so bizarre. So none of us are ages, but um, I would say like COVID has definitely pushed the conversation about mental health and then post-covid as well i feel like we all kind of speak about mental health a bit more and maybe that wasn't really a subject that we would necessarily speak about much when we were like 18 19 but do you think that because obviously going through something like that has a huge impact on your mental health you're more aware of how you feel yeah i probably now know if i'm having a bad day or if i'm feeling a bit low i think obviously not every day because no one can but most days I know what to do to make myself feel a bit better everyone has down days it's just what like part of life but I think I now know what I can do to pick myself up going outside meeting friends for coffee like I know what to do that's actually such a like immense thing to know Mm -hmm. because I still think I sometimes like don't know how to pick myself out of a rut do you know what I mean yeah I mean don't get me wrong there's some days that yeah. You do feel mm-hmm. like you just want to be in there. But it's just such silly things. Like, I'll often just like think, I feel a bit rubbish. I'm just going to put a podcast in and do some cleaning. And just yeah. distracting yourself. Oh, that's from... what you were saying earlier. Like, sometimes if you feel rubbish, you just know that you need time by yourself for a walk or mm-hmm. like time with the dog and just like some time away to just like put yourself almost like mm-hmm. yeah. back to the ground. I think that's probably a big change. Like from Aberdeen, we used to 
Charlotte and I would be like glued bottoms to each other and we'd be like, Antonia, like, shall we play? Like, watch our watching TV. And you, you were so bad. We were like, just, right, like, we're bored. Like, Come on. We were like, honestly, Antonia, like, so what's the plan today? Like, entertain us. Um, Charlotte and I were just like always wanted to do stuff and you preferred a bit more of your own time. Yeah. Whereas I think now I've definitely like, it's great seeing people. I love spending time with my friends and stuff, but I do need a lot more of my own time just to take like just take some time and reflect on my day and yeah good self-growth yeah 100 percent. no but that was so funny in Aberdeen like there'd be some nights and I would just have to say not tonight I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna spend some time on myself I feel like it would only ever be if I was doing like uni work or something I'd have to use yeah. that as an excuse to be like I know please and me that's when I did say before so I was like fuck maybe I should be doing you right no I'm gonna go sit and sleep in Katie's room because I'm bored <laughs> Actually, that was like part of it. Like when you weren't there anymore, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna have to entertain all the time on my own." Like I'd go home, and mum would be like, "Oh, I'm just gonna go and what are you gonna do?" I'm just this is mum. I'm gonna go and potter, and I'm like, well, "What do you need to potter with, mum? The house is spotless. Sit down and let's watch more Jane the Virgin." <laughs> but that is definitely that's probably a thing. As you grow up, you just need a bit more with work and stuff a bit more of your own time yeah actually saying that I was saying that um yesterday I had afternoon and evening on my own and it was just absolutely divine I was I was just thinking I was like I've not actually had time on my own mm. I don't even know how long like time properly, properly on my yeah. own and that can be tricky I think um with relationships and also with time by yourself we for example see each other once we've met up we put the next date in the diary yeah Thomas and I always say, like, we plan to go and do something. So, for example, we were planning on going out for a meal for our five years, but we've now got something on that weekend. So it just kind of gets pushed away a bit. Yeah. So we're like, we had to say no. And we, we wanted to do it. And, and it's hard. Likewise, with yourself, you have to be like, no, I just want an evening to myself, like you did yesterday. And that's great. I'll have to put a date in the calendar every month and be like, Sean, unfortunately, you have to just leave my way. Yeah. yeah. And it was honestly so nice. And I, I could definitely think. Like, during lockdown and just, like, being at home over summers and stuff, I would spend time on my own. See, I'm not very good at spending time on my own. I do think I'm getting better, but especially because I live at home, I need four people to be out the house for me to spend any time on my own. So if I'm spending time on my own, I feel like I have to go and do something to spend time on my own. And usually I just spend money, which is not always I spend money, but that's fine. But you can also spend, like, £5 and get a coffee and just be like, well, this is lovely. Yeah, no, it is nice. We're working on it. Mm Mm-hmm. But no, I definitely would advise. I felt so much like had time to think about myself, what I want to do. Just self reflection. Self reflection. Good for the old mental health, I would say. That was a bit of a tangent, but that was good. <laughs> so before we come to the end of the podcast, there was a few aspects that we wanted to highlight, which are really important to Katie and really important to us. And one of them is the Anthony Nolan charity. Do you want to say a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so the Anthony Nolan charity project kind of thing is, so in my treatment, for example, I hadn't been successful, I would have had to have a stem cell transplant. And for most people, that's fine. It's someone within your family that you can get. To be honest with you, I'm not going to try and act like I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Some stem cell stuff. Yeah. And that can obviously help you get better. Um, but for some people, they've obviously got like different cells and it doesn't match their families and they need to have it from a donor um it's not really that well known about and not that many people are signed up for it you basically just have to take like a swab um 
you send it off and one example is I remember reading on the BBC News when I was ill someone's had Hodgkin's lymphoma and it, the treatment hadn't worked and they needed a stem cell transplant and it was someone from Germany that had gone through Anthony Lowe and put his sample in and he saved her life she then ran the London Marathon had kids and is living her normal life and if it wasn't for him she wouldn't be doing that that's amazing, amazing. isn't it because I think you're right it isn't necessarily that well known about because I think a lot of people are like signed up to be an organ donor yeah. because they give you that option when you apply for your driving license mm-hmm. and stuff like that is like an, almost an easier transition to do that but without somebody making awareness like you mm-hmm. I wouldn't know to go yeah like an organ donor like giving blood or something like that but I'd never heard of Anthony Nolan until you mentioned it so I think that's definitely something that we want to bring awareness to yeah and I actually haven't done that and I should do that I am gonna do that mm-hmm. give us a kick up the arse yeah it's so easy you just have to take like my family you have to be like for example I can't now do it and yeah. people over a certain age group can't do it but you both can so yeah, <laughs> you will yeah <laughs> we will do that um not joking um but yeah I just think it's there's obviously probably loads of other things out there like that but that's just one that I remember hearing quite a lot about and I think it's a really important thing to raise awareness for absolutely um, we'll share the details of that actually yeah, on our on story or post. Or post on the page. On the Instagram. Yeah, for sure. Um, and obviously going back to the conversations that we had at the beginning, just the importance of checking your body and listening to your body even when annoying people like me are saying, why are you going to the yeah. doctors again? <laughs> I think that's so important. And we've had family friends over the last, since being ill, I think... Since I've been unwell, both like people with cancer and those kind of stories probably affect me a lot more because it's something mm-hmm. that I've been through and I can understand. Um, and we've had family friends that have maybe known something was wrong and they haven't gone as quick as they sh- could and have sadly passed away. And I just think going sooner and making sure everything's right, even if it's not, then you can at least get moving. If something's wrong and you put it off, it's not going to go away. It's still there. So you may as well just get the ball rolling with whatever the issue is. Continually check yourself and yeah, yeah. You have you can't put your head in the sand. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's definitely something I personally do more so since your situation that I wouldn't have really thought about doing before because again I'm like oh I'm young, there's mm-hmm. not going to be anything wrong with me. Whereas now I'm like anything can happen, so it's important to check yourself. Yeah, I think it's it's useful I think for people our age especially to listen to this to hear that. and to listen to your story and another thing that Katie obviously has already touched on is just recognizing that people have good and bad days and to just kind of be kind to others and always be aware there's other things going on around you and the importance of having like good family and friends and a proper support network and to just kind of letting other people support you and try and not kind of reject that support I don't know maybe that's the wrong way of saying it but no I think that's true like every even if you're having a bad day you can still support someone else and then you'll probably end up just both discussing your bad days together and then you might actually end up just helping each other out and both feeling a bit better whatever was bothering you Yeah. yeah and it's so good to talk like I guess like this has almost been like a wee therapy session for us because obviously we've discussed this at length before but it's nice to speak about it openly and Mm -hmm. have you know that extra layer of support and connection <laughs> I don't know I don't know what I'm saying help 
No, I get what you mean. Go through the whole process, hundred percent. Um, but I think that has brought us to. Oh no, what? Quote. No, Katie's going to do the quote because it's her guest. Okay, guest. Have you picked one? No, she's not picked one. I've not asked her yet. But (laughs) we're about to. Katie must have. Katie's got a favourite quote. Everybody has a favourite quote, right? She's looking at so me let like, me just what? say that I'm not really that much of a quote person, but I will actually say when I moved home, I would receive a quote from Charlotte quite a lot to cheer me up, and they were always good. I love a quote. We always enjoyed a wee good quote. Yeah. So this is one of my quotes, but I am forcing Katie to read it because she is the guest. So. And I do think it is a good quote, even though I maybe not. It's a huge. Yeah, it's very fitting. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> And just like the moon, you shall go through phases of light, of dark, and of everything in between. And though you may not always appear with the same brightness, you're always, always whole. I love that! That is so fitting. Like the moon. Just like the moon. Just like the moon. (laughs) Well, that has brought us to the end of the podcast. Katie, thank you so, 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 so much much. for coming on. That has honestly just... That's made a huge impact on me, yeah. and I'm sure it has on you, and I'm sure it absolutely will for all other listeners. And we're so well. proud of you for coming on and getting through. And thank yeah. you for having me on. Thank you for both being there. Oh. We love you. We love you. Love you. Woohoo! Woo. That's my life. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I'll do this time. Woo! She's trying to steal my thunder. <laughs>